sense of balance or equilibrioception is one of the physiological senses related to balance. It helps prevent humans and animals from falling over when standing or moving. Put someone on cross-country skis, and they look like Bambi on ice. They just boom, they're down. It's a death by a thousand cuts, or death by 20 falls. We're both interested in balance because of the way it changes over time and how important it is as an athlete and as anyone just trying to be active and alive. Absolutely. I mean, balance is so overlooked in terms of our overall health. Even for young folks, an improvement in balance will correlate with an improvement in performance. So, and this is maybe a ridiculous question, but how, if someone says to you, I think I'm having balance problems, other than asking them what they mean by that, what do you think people, what do you think people mean when they say, I'm worried about my balance or I'm having trouble with my balance? I mean, I know what I mean. I mean that I've tried to do something stupid that I haven't trained enough for and I fell. <laughs> so, right. but what, what, what do normal humans mean, do you think? We'll discuss balance because far too many people think that a good exercise program is walking. Right, and so right. I try to stress resistance and balance and why ba balance is important. And then when I bring up the fact with that they're probably catching their toes more often or when lose their balance when they first stand up or change directions, they'll agree and they'll understand. And then the light bulb moment will occur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear from people who, in particular, people who are taking up an exercise program for the first time, they'll say, I, I'm nervous about, I don't know, running because I might fall, or I'm nervous about skiing, one which is a sport I love, you do as well. And they'll say, well, I'm nervous because I might fall. So this topic, it's, I, I suppose, of balance gets embedded in a lot of other things, like people's fear of falling, right? Absolutely. When you are a better athlete uh, and hit certain performance metrics, you are proven to have better balance and control. And as we get better at any chosen sport or activity, our balance will innately Im improve. And that will, in turn, build confidence. Yeah. Um, no one's going to start from a position of high balance and control in a certain activity without pre previously training in that activity. I used to teach skiing, and when I'm trying to describe to someone what I mean when I say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll often look at someone else and I'll say, you see what they're doing? And people have a tendency to get hung up on where that person's arms are or how far apart their legs are. And these are all useful things to notice. But the main thing, I, if I look at what I'm looking at, if you know what I mean, this in a meta sense, the main thing I'm looking at is their balance. I see how they're positioned over their skis. I see how easy they make it look when they hit sort of discontinuities in the slope, whether it's a bump or they go off a jump. You watch someone go off a small jump and land really neat and tidy, and there's no waving of your arms. The poles don't go flying in the air like old-time TV aerials. None of that stuff happens. And that's all, that's all balance. But it's the thing that I think in many ways people miss because they get so hung up on almost in almost every activity, they get hung up on the technicalities of, you know, should should I be breathing in or out whenever I hit a golf ball? Should I have my hands high or low when I'm skiing down a slope? And so many of these activities really hinge on how, how well you can balance. Sure. It's back to the basics and and the fundamentals. It's a base of support 
which is why we see if a soccer player jumps in the air to celebrate scoring a goal, you'll see them land with a wide base of support. And because we're uh, bipedal and we stand up, the lower our center of gravity is, the more stable we are. So not only do you see a soccer player land with a wide base of support, the legs are spread apart, but they're often in a bent knee position. So they have a lower center of gravity, which is going to improve their balance. I was reading somewhere about, I forget which club it was, it's some club, one of the Premier League clubs was trying to convince the players not to do knee slides, This is, which is related. Um, not necessarily because of their, their, the breadth of their, their knee position, but because of a fear of meniscus and ACL problems, that something, something horrific would happen if you, you send a 200-pound man sprinting down a field and he's sliding across wet grass, hit dry grass, and who knows what happens next, right? So. Exactly. I think it's the unpredictability <laughs> of what right. that limb is doing when it's stuck under you. That's the problem. So I think one of the reasons, and I know this is personal for me because we ha I had a, a relative who, who died this summer from a fall, uh, which got me thinking a lot about balance, in particular balance in the context of, of aging. You think about someone dying after a fall, especially as a young person, someone says it to you, you think, oh, they must have fallen off a ladder or maybe off the house or it's possible it was skydiving. But I mean, most times when it's age-related falls, which have a really remarkably high mortality compared to the same fall from someone much younger. It has nothing to do with falling from heights, right? I mean, it has to do with, I, there's even a word for it, I think I've forgotten what it is, but ground falls, I think it's called. Yes. The ground-level falls, right? It, it, that's, that's really the fear about balancing as you're getting older. Absolutely. These older folks tend to simply trip on a rug. Any change in their activity, their direction, an object that they're not aware of, an uneven ground, a crack in the sidewalk, an uneven brick or paver out on the patio can send someone with poor balance down to the ground. You combine that with osteoporosis and poor muscle covering and a little bit of muscle wasting and atrophy, and you're set up for a significant issue. Yeah, the study, the study that I saw, which was, I think, from around 2014 or 15, in a, in a, I think it was a 1.5% versus 4.5% in terms of the likelihood, sort of mortality after a ground fall. It was roughly a tripling. Again, small numbers. It's not as if every older person who falls, we have a tendency to dramatize these things. Oh, they fell. Oh, my goodness. Right. But it's not so much that it's, it's that every older person who falls is immediately at risk. It's more that there's a dramatic increase in, in the risk associated with ground falls with a teenager versus someone, uh, a senior or someone older. Sure. And we need to look at it from a cumulative issue as well, which is a lot harder to study because we take a typical elderly person and they fall and they recover, but they've been now, now been less active for two weeks. So they right. never quite make it back to the baseline where they were at before their last fall. Now they're moving along and they have another fall and they lose a little bit more. And the lack of rehabilitation and exercise and activity leads to worsening of their muscle strength, worsening of their balance and proprioception, and they have another fall. And it, so it's a death by a thousand cuts or death by 20 falls as yeah, opposed yeah. to one specific incident. 
Right. It's cum- I think that's, that's the right way to put it. It feels like it's, it's cumulative. So w- the reasons why, just to be explicit, why it tends to get worse with age, it's all about this sort of this cumulative problem. It's also about uh, th- maybe this sort of being less active and more sedentary leads to you're not challenging the muscles that fire and support balance uh, as often or as, or as aggressively, I suppose. Is that fair to say? Sure. You know, we have issues with balance for various reasons. When we think about balance, we, we talk about uh, static steady state, you're standing still, proactive balance, so you're moving, so you have to adjust your center of gravity to cope with that motion, and then reactive balance, where there's gonna be that crack in the sidewalk or perturbation in your movement pattern. And as we age, our neuromuscular control, how our brain senses the signals or the afferent signals it receives from uh, the periphery changes and slows. The efferent or the motor control of our muscles slows and the muscle itself changes. As we've discussed, we have issues with atrophy or loss of muscle mass that comes with age. No matter what you do, if you're not exercising, no matter how well you eat, uh, you are losing 1% of your muscle mass per year starting at the age of 40. And that's accompanied by anywhere from a 25 to 4% loss in, of power and strength in that muscle. So if you lose the ability to, let's say, dorsiflex your ankle, which is pull your toe up towards your knee, you're going to catch your feet more often. So here's right. a weakness pa- pattern that is going to lead to uh, a- an issue with reactive balance. You could also uh, just have weakness in your perineal muscles, which are a stabilizing muscle for the ankle. Tibialis posterior, also a stabilizing muscle for the ankle. And the weaker that these muscles are, the less apt that someone is going to be able to balance themselves out of a reactive change. And and I'm, why don't we can come back to this towards the end when we talk about things people can do, but one of the misconceptions I feel like many people had, myself included for a long time, if I think back to my initial set strengthening, such as they were, they tended to be in a very linear form. So if you remember the old Nautilus machines and those those straight line motion engineered machines for, for resistance. Mm-hmm. And, and I had someone point out to me once that they're better than nothing, but not much better than nothing in part because none of the stabilizing muscles around the joints are actually being used because you're, you're stuck in a very fixed motion, whether it's uh, on, on whatever plane it's on. And as a result, you get this distorted sense of what you've what you've accomplished in terms of fit, fitness for use as opposed to fitness for, I don't know, going to the beat. Yes. When I discuss workout patterns and techniques w- with people in my office, it's almost always with some form of free weight. Yes, right. certain, certain exercises, you do need a machine. However, it's very important to have that fine motor control of the accessory muscles, which are not necessarily the muscle that you're concentrating on strengthening, but as you noted, all the other supporting muscles. 
right. having them fire and be active is extraordinarily Im- important when we think of balance and strength. So kind of dodge this as long as I can, but it's, it's still important to know how all of this stuff works and maybe the way to back into it how it's not just muscles. It's not, it's, it's, there's a lot of misconceptions about balance. When you hear people talking about balance so often, it turns into a discussion about their inner ear as if the muscles aren't involved. Or they talk about muscles as if the inner ear isn't involved. Or they talk about neither of those. And it's really just about when, back whenever the minimalist running movement was getting going, you got the impression balance was really all about my ability to really feel the ground that I'm running on. It was about this proprioception challenge that I was feeling. And in a weird way, it's the blind men in the elephant problem that all of these things play into balance, right? Yes, it's all quite complicated. You know, the inner ear, for example, has these very fine hair cells. And there are those that are vertically oriented and those that are more horizontally oriented. So if you've ever been sick or or had a cold and you get up and you're a little little dizzy when you first start moving, it's likely due to inflammation in the inner ear. And there's lots of disease states that can affect that and give pe- people vertigo, etc. So inner proper inner ear function is certainly essential for for proper balance. Not it alone is the key, right? I mean, that's the thing that I think people miss. You're absolutely correct. It takes the coordination of our muscles, and that relies on neuromuscular control. So we actually have to teach our brain how to receive signals from our muscles and then how to send signals back to our muscles. That's why we become more coordinated and why our balance improves and things seem more effortless as we practice and get better at a certain task. We have other forms of afferent in- input, such as our skin. You know, sneakers and shoe wear weren't, weren't necessarily all that friendly to humans. You know, <laughs> bunions and lots of other foot issues and causes of foot, uh, foot deformity and pain are really an, an issue associated with shoe wearing populations uh, and stuffing our feet inside the, you know, these leather boxes <laughs> or slamming them into shoes that we shouldn't even try to fit into. But, you know, we, we need to turn our focus back to our feet and trying to stay out of our shoes, you know, as much as is possible and work on our foot flexibility and foot adaptability to certain situations to work on our, our proprioceptive sense and our balance sense. And of right, course, and get away, you know, go ahead. Well, just to get away from the idea that it's somehow monocausal, right? That it's all of these things working in conjunction. And as a matter of fact, even if you had perfect balance and great muscular control firing, if you can't sense the environment around you through all of the other senses, including your know, skin and contact and everything else, that it's still not going to work out. Yes, you're 100% correct. Uh, we are well-coordinated, very complex machines, and I got our in a brain fight with the, inputs from everywhere. I got a fight with, you know, this is a sentence I don't use a lot, but I got in a fight with, an, what's the right word here, an otolaryngologist about this recently? Yes. I'm not sure people do that regularly, but I did, damn it. <laughs> and he, 
was trying. Was, I was in because I was seeing this 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 uh, ear guy, and he he wanted me to try this exercise where I would close my eyes and march across the office. So I had to do high leg lifts and then walk across the office, and then he told me to open my eyes again. And then as I did that, I found out that I hadn't walked straight across the office like I thought I had. I had actually done about a 90-degree turn and was facing his, his, his cabinets. And he triumphantly said, this demonstrates that there, you have an ear problem and there's probably a balance issue and you should be careful. And I said, that's just the most complete nonsense I've heard in some time. And <laughs> I said, it's not the way balance and your sense of locomotion works as a human. I, there are, it's, I suppose over time, could I learn how to walk straight while blindfolded? I bet. But as someone who relies on a whole host of senses to, to move across space, am I set up today that if you, if, you blind, if you blindfold me and send me marching across a room, can I guarantee I won't hit your medicine cabinet? No, it, but it proves nothing. I would end up in much the same position. I have no doubt. And I don't think I have an issue with my inner ear. But obviously, I'm not an ENT surgeon, so I'm not going to have that argument. But right now, my vision is critical to my proprioceptive abilities. And, you know, I do train my balance. And whenever I close my eyes, my abilities diminish dramatically. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Even Especially if you're marching in a, an laryngologist's office and under challenge, it's like, this is just way too many things. <laughs> so before we talk about how to, how to optimize or improve balance and, and maybe put off some of these effects over time, what are some of the things that you think people misunderstand about balance? And I'll, I'll start. I, I hear this all the time. Is I'll, I'll be explaining, and I used to explain this as a ski instructor. I'll say to someone, look at their balance, look at a well. And I taught cross-country skiing for a while, which is even more balance-centric in many ways because people are sliding around on these skis. And as soon as you put someone on cross-country skis, they look like Bambi on ice, right? They just boom, straight. <laughs> they're gone. They're down. And, and you try to explain to them, this is here, here, you need to work on this, and here's what you need to work on. They say, I just can't do it. I don't have balance. And people act as if it's some innate gift like handedness or brown eyes or something else. These, it, it, it's, it's just not the case. It's, it's, it's this whole neuromuscular control leading from here's a challenge, here's something I, I need to do, and the brain needs time and data to sort out how to respond to it. People wouldn't be surprised if you handed them a basketball and they've never shot a basketball before and they can't get it in the hoop. And right. they would accept the fact that they would need to practice if their goal <laughs> is to successfully shoot that basket in the hoop. Yet somehow they don't think about balance in the same way. They don't think that it's something that they need to train, uh, right. something to improve at in order to, to facilitate their ability to enter into the a sports realm that they're not comfortable with. It's, it's really remarkable. And I see it all the time. I mean, I see it across when I used to teach skiing. I, teach, I see it whenever I spend time with friends and, and we're mountain biking. It's, I get nonstop. It's all about balance, 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 balance. You have good balance. I don't have good balance. And, it, and it's, again, it's like you say, it's the basketball example spot on. The, the other thing I get in terms of misunderstandings about balance that I find really interesting is that kids can balance, adults can't. And the, vice ver the, the reverse version of that is that if you then say, no, you just haven't had enough practice, I'll get this crazy response back that, well, practicing balancing is, is childish. I look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, just... it is very hard to convince people that it's really important. 
you know, and, it, it, and that it's not, and that it's not something that only ch- ch- you know, people under the kids under the age of twelve have. That somehow it all just goes away. I just, I, I'm lucky I can even stand on a sidewalk anymore. Right. You know, right? it's not a problem that they're having now. So it's not an issue that is soon salient and certain. Yeah, uh, and exactly. so if it's not, then then people are not going to respond to the need to practice it. So if I'm dealing with an elite athlete or a trail runner, especially running on you know, East Coast trails, right, where everything's a rock and a root and something else that is sure. trying to grab your shoe, I, I have a lot of trouble trying to convince people how important it is to concentrate on it. Well, I'm I'm living testimony to that problem. But I'm sure, I don't think I don't think I don't think I'm solvable. But so let's talk a little bit about this. So if we've decided it's it's important, it's not childish. It's something you can work on. Not born with. It's not handedness. It's not eye color. If what are some of your favorite? I don't know drills, exercises, ideas at least to get people thinking about how they can things people can do to to work on proprioception and, and balance. So it starts very simply. Uh, static balance is really important. Uh, and it's very easy to realize how bad you are if you just stand still and bend one leg up in front of you and try to stay in that position for 30 seconds. Most people, if they're not practiced, will not be able to do it. And really? so I start people with that simple static exercise. Then I have them straighten their knee out so their foot is further away. So when you think about balance, again, it's base of support and center of gravity. So we're we're changing their base of support and their center of gravity by moving the foot further away. Then I have them swing their foot around to the back and I have it have them flex their knee behind them. And what's that what's that doing what's that in your mind what is that doing exactly what what it's doing is it it's throwing so when they're standing statically it's testing the the afferent nerve input from your foot to your brain and then the efferent output of the brain to the foot to fire all these fine little muscles to keep your foot stable and keep you standing over it. There's also, there's also muscles in your pelvis that will need to fire and in your spine so that you maintain an, a straight up posture. You know, if you think about a space movie that you've seen and when you're seeing a scene on the outside of the spacecraft you're always seeing those little jets fire for yeah, right. you know a second I, and or I two. use that I use that mental model that's that's one that really appeals to me it's real it works really well so your little muscles in and around your foot and, and a- ankle are like those jets and they're going to fire in, intermittently to keep you standing. That's why after 30 or 40 seconds, a lot of people actually find it exhausting. You're tiring these muscles out because they're not used to doing a lot of work. Right, because they've, they've, not had to, they've not been challenged in that way, right? Correct. With younger people, I then start to perturb the system. So for example, for my kids who play soccer, I have them stand on a single leg as a base of support and I'll move around them and I'll push them from certain directions. 
you know, short little shoves. And, you know, they have to to respond. And this is a reactive form of stability that we tend to do a lot of in ACL surgery recovery, but I'm trying to do it to avoid an ACL injury in my children. Uh, So we can change the walking surface and these should not be done in a shoe or a sneaker. These should be done on a, on a hard stable floor when you first start then soft carpet, then it can be on an uneven surface. Uh, I have a a wood plank, it's about 12 feet long. It has a curved radius and we walk on it and it just helps us create that dynamic uh, balance as well. And I can't tell you how um, much it has improved so many aspects of the sports that I choose to to pursue. The first time that I went stand-up paddle boarding, it was ridiculous. You know, granted, it wasn't (laughs) an ocean, but I was falling down every 16 seconds. Now I can almost ride waves on a stand-up paddle board, and I owe it all to this balanced training. And also, I owe it to the fact that it is an activity that you can train to be better at. And you can train to be better at. Uh, people, I, I find, have this bad habit of thinking, well, I'll work on that when I'm at the gym, or I'll work on that the next time I'm skiing. You, the opportunities for working on balance are non- nonstop, as long as you don't mind intermittently looking a little bit ridiculous. Look, I, I love finding something if you're out for a run, I, I'll literally leap up on a, on a rock and stand there on one leg for a little while just because, <laughs> you know, right? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's actually fun seeing if you can arrest your momentum and hold yourself there for a little while and then continue onward. But P, I find people, they, they compartmentalize things so badly that I'm now in the mode where I'm running or I'm now in the mode where I'm lifting. And balance is part of all of those things. And I, I'm constantly surprised more people don't try to smuggle it into every one of those activities. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm ready to take it out in public on a, on a running trail, <laughs> but, right. I, I, but I have heard my kids' friends com- commenting or a- asking why your dad is standing there with his leg in the air while he's watching the television. It starts to seem very Kill Bill, the David Carradine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say anything to they don't say anything to Dad. He might be a kung fu master. <laughs> so, the the point is that there are activities people can do. You can you can do them without going to gyms. It's hugely important, and most of our ideas about balance that it's somehow either innate or or tied to your inner ear are all wrong. Correct. It can't be overstated. One of the reasons why we've started this is the fact that we're looking to uh, adopt strategies to optimize our health at this time and our longevity. You know, we're both middle-aged runners. We're very active and we plan on staying that way. And that means that we need to eat well, we need to sleep well, we need to exercise. And exercise involves aerobic exercise, resistance exercise, balance exercise, and occasionally high-intensity exercise. And we cannot overlook how important balance is, especially if we're going to plan on staying uh, active while, while running trails. 
and the time to focus on it is not when you're falling down every other day because your balance is so poor. It's to work on it now so that we don't run into a problem with it. No, that's a balance for life. Well, that's a great note to end on. So let's let's stop here. Thanks, Howard. All right, Paul. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. Content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. And we will not respond to requests for medical advice.